0: Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever you're listening. This is Davisville on KDRTLP 95.7 FM in Davis, California. You can find us online at kdrt.org slash Davisville. I'm Bill Buchanan. Thank you for tuning in. Well, what would you say is one of the largest but least visible institutions in Davis? I'd suggest that one answer to that question is the Associated Students of UC Davis, which is to say the student government. It's an important group. If you've hopped aboard a Unitrans bus, if you've spent time in the campus coffeehouse, if you've gone to picnic day in the spring, those are all student-led events. The student government's 16 units employ hundreds of people. Its elected leaders represent tens of thousands of students at the University of California at Davis. And of course, UC Davis is itself the defining element of the community of Davis. It's why this town is what it is. And yet, UC Davis student elections don't draw much interest on campus or in town. In the fall 2022 student election, less than 6% of students voted. So what's up? What are people overlooking here? Our guest today, visiting by Zoom, is Rodica Gaudi, the current president of the Associated Students of UC Davis. We're going to talk about student government, talk about that voter turnout, but also get her take on what's important to students at Davis as 2023 gets underway. Veronica. thank you for joining us today.
1: Of course, thank you for having me.
0: How would you define your job as student president?
1: I think it's quite different than most other student governments in that ASUCD is probably the country's largest student-run organization. I represent over 30,000 students, have a budget of $18 million. We have 16 units, over 2,000 student employees, and function very much like a small town. So my job is analogous to the president or, or like the mayor of a small town, as well as the CEO of a large student organization. Compared to other UCs, I do think that we provide significant amounts of basic needs services. You mentioned our bus system. We're one of very few organizations nationwide that runs double-decker bus systems which I think is a pretty cool feature of our student government. So I would say thinking about it as a student government presidency is a bit inadequate. I would think of it as a leader of a small town or a small ecosystem.
0: We should mention the reason that Unitrans exists is because it actually originated with the students back in uh, the mid-60s when Bob Black was the student body president. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But Let's get a sense, too, of what's important to students right now. You ran on some issues last year when you were elected in spring of 2022. What are uh, one or two of the top concerns for students at UC Davis right now?
1: I think the biggest concern for students at UC Davis is the same concern for most folks across the country. It's the rising cost of living. If you've noticed, the rent in Davis has just been growing pretty drastically, and students don't make a whole lot of money and we've been struggling to meet our basic needs. So that's, um, we've been seeing lots of food insecurity on campus, housing insecurity. So I would say that's, that's a pretty big priority for us at UC Davis.
0: And what can the student government do to help that problem?
1: So ASCCD currently has our basic needs pantry, which has continued to expand as well as Ivy reuse, which is a mutual aid clothing store that provides clothing for free and, and is run through receiving donations. Unitrans is free to ride for undergraduate students, so that alleviates some transportation-related costs. We're proud to have HOUSE, which is housing advising for undergraduate students, which helps students secure housing that's affordable and helps them work through their leases uh, when they're signing it for the first time. Something that's coming soon is a program I actually started last year when I was senator. It's the Aggie Aid Program. ASUCD has a couple of scholarships that are more merit-based, but we noticed that we didn't have anything that was need-based. And we really wanted to institutionalize our commitment to the student body and basic needs by providing some sort of direct financial aid to students. So that's where the Aggie Aid Program kind of came about. Last spring, we awarded $10,000 to about 30 students for just the provision of their basic needs. It's specifically focused on students who are facing extenuating circumstances and all 30 recipients did not qualify for aid at any other campus level or state or federal aid at all. This program, we found about, I think, $65,000 for it this year, which is very exciting. And Mm -hmm. looking to launch it this quarter, again, to do our second funding cycle. We're also working on expanding it to pay for housing right now, I can't give any student more than, I think, $75 for housing without impacting their financial aid due to some higher education act rules. So we're working with the University of California Office of the President, as well as UC Davis Gov Relations to try to figure out a workaround so I can pay landlords directly for a student's rent if they aren't able to meet rent for a a given month when they're facing some hardship. So that's what's coming. Um, We're really excited to get that program off the ground.
0: So these are relief programs, essentially you know you can't address housing costs directly which would be huge but uh, you're providing food and sort of emergency relief why do you suppose voter turnout is so low if you're providing you know if you're addressing an issue that concerns students one could read the election results a few different ways one is that i suppose students are just indifferent one is that they're happy with what you're doing and so don't see a need to do anything more but how do you see it I mean, cuz 6% is awfully low
1: Absolutely. I think the services that ASCCD provides are exceptional relative to most other student governments. However, I think our voter election turnout very much is, a, is reflective of a common problem impacting most student governments and other organizations, especially after COVID-19. We've seen a sort of detachment where it, it's difficult for folks to connect with organizations and with student government. And part of that has manifested in our better turnout and the very, very low levels we are seeing. I think a part of the issue is just a lack of information. And, and that's partially on our student government because we've focused so heavily on providing the services that we forgot to do a bit of the marketing aspect to let students know that we were the ones providing the services. So a lot of folks see Unitrans going around town and don't really realize that the student government is the one providing that service. So we have some more work to do on marketing, but I think it's just a broader conversation of how we connect with each other after COVID and how we connect with our organizations make sure people are feeling that sense of community, especially after coming out of the pandemic.
0: You know, I have wondered if one of the reasons maybe that if if people see What you do is primarily provide services. I mean, lots of people provide services. A lot of agencies do. People can enjoy and appreciate the services, but they don't necessarily want to help run them. You know, they just enjoy them and move on. I wonder if that's a function here at all.
1: It might be. But given that we also host major events on campus and and do some more that social life or the campus life aspect of a student's time at Davis. I'm not sure if that would entirely explain our low voter turnout. I think it might contribute, but largely I think it might be an information barrier where students don't know that there is a student government, first of all, at UC Davis. And maybe if they are reaching out to one of our services, they don't know that they're all interconnected. That's something we've been working on this year. All of our unit directors or members of student government sat down at the beginning of the year and we sort of talked about how we want to make sure that we present ourselves as more of an interconnected body to folks utilizing our services. So if you go ride a Unitrans bus, we want to create like a heuristic in folks' minds so they realize that Unitrans is the same thing as WEF and Picnic Day. And that Picnic Day is the same thing as, you know, Senate. And Senate is the same thing as the Academic Affairs Commission, so that all of the small parts of UC Davis and ASUCD are all seen as one larger unit, which it is.
0: And if people were more aware of ASUCD students, but I'm also thinking of the campus uh, of, of the town itself, because I, you know, obviously the campus is a big presence. What would you like people to do with that awareness? What would you, I guess you'd like to see higher voter turnout, but I imagine you're looking for something larger than that.
1: Absolutely. I think the more people that are aware of ASUCD's presence and appreciate sort of the capacity it has to do good in Davis and at UC Davis, the more advocacy power the organization has to enact change that, you know, like you mentioned, it would be great to see lower housing prices. I can't do that as like Radhika, the human being. However, I have so much more power to do that as Radhika, the president of ASUCD right? If all 30,000 students supported me and people in Davis were also in support of more affordable housing in the town, I I suspect that we'd see a lot more movement on these issues like housing and sustainability and, and infrastructure. But that requires us to overcome that information barrier first before we can reach sort of a the advocacy benefits um, a larger, more interconnected community
0: can have. Yeah, it would be interesting to see what kind of conversation would come out if the election for your job and for other jobs there were contested and issues came forward and it sort of moved into the town as well. It would be kind of neat to see, I think, as someone who's lived in Davis a long time. And I don't know what would come out of that engagement exactly, but I think it would be constructive. Now, of course, that's not a new problem that turnout's low. The Aggie has, thanks to the, the library, the Aggies, the newspaper's archives are digital. So you can go back in. It was 17% in 1986. I just picked some numbers at random. 22% in 2007. I did find a couple of things that were interesting. It was 65% in 1959. I don't know why that one. And now in 1966, when Bob Black, and this is the, the guy we were talking about a minute ago, He's generally considered to be one of the most influential student presidents in campus history. When he won the presidency, more than half of the students voted that time. 20% of the students in that election also voted to get rid of the student government. And a few years later, there was a Frisbee party. I mean, obviously, at times people run this theater. Sometimes people are running very earnestly. There was a lot of change in the 60s. There's a lot of change going on right now. I wonder if you have any thoughts on why turnout was bigger than than now. It was a smaller campus. Maybe that was part of it. But what do you think?
1: Yeah, I imagine when you have a smaller student population, it's easier to get a larger percentage of them turning out. When you have 30,000 students on campus that are just undergraduates, that's such a massive population to reach out to. Obviously, we do have the benefit of social media and things like that right now, but we're just such an expansive campus that even I stood outside the MU every single day for every hour, there's no way I would be able to individually talk to everyone one-on-one. Whereas if you if you did that sort of grassroots mobilization back then, I imagine you would be able to have those conversations with more people and more quickly let folks know that there is a student government. Now we are trying to do some modification of that ASUCD does have a large presence at orientation. I'm going to be speaking at Aggie Day this upcoming year for both freshmen and transfer students who are prospective UC Davis students. So it's just a matter of increasing ASUCD's awareness of ASUCD on campus, I would say. The issue is when you look at ASUCD as an acronym, that doesn't tell you very much on its own. When you hear student government, that makes you think of like a high school ASB that's making posters for the prom that's also not a very good descriptor of what we do. So it's really explaining to folks that, you know what, we're, we're a pretty robust student government. We, we have our own transportation system. We provide you with food. We, if you are having some hard times, we can give you the support you need to get through that. And we do fun things like host cool concerts. So sharing the depth and breadth of the, the things that we do And helping folks understand what does ASUCD really mean? And why are we different than most other student governments? I think that has been the core challenge.
0: We are talking with Radhika Gaudi. She is the student body president at UC Davis. And this program is Davisville on KDRTLP 95.7 FM in Davis, California. We're talking about students at UC Davis, student government, the uh, low voter turnout, things like that. So I was reading your biography. You're you're a third year student now, right? Yes. Uh, And you're studying political science, public service. You're minoring in economics and environmental policy analysis and planning. So, what drew you to UC Davis for college? I imagine you could have gone a few different places.
1: Honestly, I've always kind of had UC Davis as the school I've wanted to go to. I was looking into schools in California and on the East Coast when I was applying, but. The story of how I became president is kind of a weird one. Um, When I was 16, I was working for State Senator Nancy Skinner's office in her district office in Oakland. I had the opportunity to come up to the Capitol for a, a quick day where I became very enamored by the legislative process, and that sort of sparked my initial interest in public service. And while I was there, I had the opportunity to speak with quite a lot of UC Davis alumna as well as you know, current UC Davis students that were serving as either capital state fellows or as legislative analysts. And one of the students then, she she was an alumnus of ASUCD and UC Davis, and she was like, rather good, don't worry, you're going to get into UC Davis. I was 16 at the time, so I was very scared about college. And she said, when you do, there's this thing called ASUCD, it's student government, go to vacancy.ucdavis.edu and apply for a job there. I think you'll really like it. So eventually, way later, when I got accepted to Davis, the first thing I did was I went to vacancy, found a position called the Internal Affairs Commissioner and applied. I don't know how I got selected or why. I, I didn't even have my UC Davis email at that point. So it was the summer before school started. But IAC turned into Senate, which turned into being Senate President pro tempore. And suddenly I'm president on um, the night before I'm getting sworn in, I I look back and I wanted to see how many other women had this position before me. Um, The last one was eight years ago, Mariah Watson, And I was just curious. I was like, okay, who is this other woman who's had this position? She's the only woman of color to ever have had this position before me in ASD City's 112-year history. And I noticed that she worked for State Senator Nancy Skinner. And it turns out, digging through my inbox, that the legislative assistant that told me that I sh- I would get into UC Davis and that I should consider ASUCD was the only other woman president um, of color to hold this job. So I think that's just a really sweet story of how I sort of developed my interest in political science, but it also just happily coincided with my involvement in ASUCD and UC Davis.
0: Yeah, you're describing a mentoring story. It's someone who had the job that you have now and has similar interests, it sounds like, if you both ended up working or the uh, same senator. So was what drove you to Davis then, the fact that it was close to Sacramento? And, and okay. You were elected last June. Uh, I'm sorry, last spring, right? Spring of 2022. And then your term started in June?
1: I was sworn in in June, but there's there's sort of a weird gap between like the, the previous president and the current president. So I, I functionally did start over summer.
0: Okay. So you've had the job for several months. And what I'm wondering is, what have you learned about Davis, maybe both the town, but also the campus, maybe maybe your fellow students, having been now in this job for more than half a year.
1: I have become very grateful for the kinds of people that we have in Davis. I meet regularly with my colleagues at other universities. And the one thing I am struck by regularly is just the compassion of all of our students, folks in Davis, our administrators, when there's a problem, we really rise to the task and we're able to fix it in a way that really leads with our hearts. And I find that I have more access to resolving those issues. And when I have a question on behalf of the student body, I can pretty readily go to campus administration and we're able to have a very honest discussion versus like my colleagues at other universities don't necessarily have that experience. So I think Everyone at Davis is always said to be very kind, and I think that really rings true and has been a great blessing throughout my time in this
0: role. Why do you think Davis is that way?
1: I don't know. Um, Someone once said it's because of her agricultural history. I don't know if that's really true, but maybe there's something about our campus or this town that just draws such wonderful people to it. I might be a little bit biased, but... I really do think we have one of the best campus and small communities that that does exist.
0: You know, I'm sure there must be moments of contention, though. That's just life. Not everybody agrees on everything all the time. It's, you know, not always going wonderfully. Can you think of anything on campus right now that you'd like to change? Maybe that, that isn't changing, but that you'd like to change?
1: I think a large frustration is that we as an organization move so quickly, but Campus procedures, as well as like local, state, federal government, um, moves much slower than we do. So, whenever we do find an innovative solution to try to help other students, it often is slowed down unnecessarily. I, I don't think it's like malicious or anyone's trying to, it's just the way things are, but that can often be very frustrating when all we're trying to do is really help serve other students.
0: So can you give me an example of something like that?
1: Yeah, I think, for example, with Aggie Aid, the the initial goal when we started was, I just want to be able to hand a student money when they're struggling financially, aren't able to afford food, might be kicked out of their home. And in the process of doing that, we ran into weird financial aid stipulations and... Obviously, the Higher Education Act, the weird housing concerns. And throughout it, everyone's been very supportive. But the fact that sometimes I've had to have conversations explaining why such a grant program is necessary for students, it strikes me as a bit odd. When you are surrounded by students, there's a very clear, visible population of students who is struggling financially, I would even go as far as saying most students do have some financial concerns while they're in university and fighting for what to me seems like the most basic of things sometimes seems a little frustrating.
0: Yeah, I, I know the statistics are, and I think this has been true for college students for a long time, it's not a rich time of life. I and mean, it might be of the mind, it might be socially, but financially, it's a it's a tough time of life because you're studying instead of working, or you're working and studying both. And uh, as you say, we have a particular problem with rents in this state, and even in Davis, which is moderate compared to the Bay Area. What's, What's something that you think is working particularly well? You mentioned relationships a moment ago, but I'm wondering if there's something you think on campus that, boy, you wouldn't change it, you just think it's going just fine.
1: I think something that's going really well is The intersectional approach, uh, sorry, not ASUCD, UC Davis has to learning. So there's a very big opportunity to take classes and pretty much anything I could dream of. So I, I think that as a student is very exciting. Yeah. It's just a really great place of learning.
0: So if I understand you're saying, basically you feel free as a student, you can take a class in a lot of different disciplines and you're not you're not going to get frozen out because they're going to say, well, you're an econ you know, major. I'm sorry, you can't take this computer science class. Uh, is, is that your point?
1: Uh, obviously, there's prerequisites and things like that. But generally, you are able to dabble across disciplines. And I think that's a really beautiful thing.
0: How about Davis the community? What's something about Davis the community that you particularly enjoy and something that you would change if you could? <laughs>
1: I like that it has a small town feel. I I generally joke with my friends that it has the same energy as um, the town from Gilmore Girls. So I think that's very sweet. I I love going to the bookstores and the coffee shops, but my one pet peeve, and I, I think I speak for pretty much every single student on campus that says the biggest issue with Davis is that there are no late food options. So after a certain amount of time, there's pretty much nowhere we can go get food. And I would love that to change. I think it's pretty much just canes that's open and in and out. So more late night options and late night coffee shops and things like that would be super exciting.
0: sounds like it might be an opportunity for somebody. I know a lot of folks in Davis are really quite aware of how having a large student population here really does shape the sorts of restaurants. Years ago in Davis, it used to be, for example, there were just pizza places everywhere. It's evolved over the years. It's different things now. Then it was coffee shops were everywhere. Now, you know, boba tea perhaps. But I would think if there's a market there, if the students want it, someone's going to say, you know what, let's stay open till. I guess you're probably talking like 1, 2 a.m., that kind of late.
1: Yeah, even like after 8 p.m., sometimes we try to go get food and things are closed at 9. And I'm usually stuck on campus in classes or like in meetings pretty late. So somebody could open something late, I would be happy to patronize that myself.
0: (laughs) I want to talk just a little bit more about the voter turnout. This is from the Institute of Politics at Harvard Kennedy School in October 2022. And this is from Seti Warren, who is its interim director. And Warren was talking about how voters do vote, uh, Gen Z voters do vote, In 2018, America's youngest voters ran to the polls in record-breaking numbers to confront the challenges facing our democracy. Our new poll shows that those historic midterm numbers were not a fluke. Gen Z is a formidable voting bloc that demands to be heard. Across geography, race, gender, and background, young Americans view the world from a starkly different lens than older generations. Elected officials should pay attention. So that's describing essentially a large part of the student population at UC Davis and other campuses. There are a lot of voters in there, in other words, and I I appreciate your point about them not knowing the student government, but my sense is that people will find out about the things that matter to them. I wonder if in addition to awareness, there's some other element that maybe is missing, maybe a sense of urgency, maybe there's a sense of complacency, but it's not as if people college age aren't voting at all. They are.
1: Absolutely. Um, Our External Affairs Vice President's office has been very involved in turning out the vote um, for state and federal elections. We're pretty proud of our our External Affairs Vice President because this past year they brought a poll, like a voting box, on campus for folks to drop off their mail-in ballots, which has made voting more convenient for students. I know our UC Student Association is working towards an Election Day holiday for UC students so that we can take time off class to go vote. So I think we're doing a lot of good things with external voter turnout. But I will say, I think, you know, folks are engaging with ASUCD at pretty record levels with every other aspect other than voting, right? We have more people working for us. We have more people using our services, riding the bus, buying a coffee, or coming to our events. I, I do think that you know, maybe complacency could have a small role, but you have a leg up in voting in state and federal elections because you know the United States government exists. Versus on campus, you might know that Unitrans exists, and but you don't know the body that controls it. So I, I do think there's just so much more work t- that needs to be done to educate folks about what is the body that is ASUCD and the services they are already receiving every day, are already used to utilizing and that they love. ASUCD really is the the one providing those services. And functionally, I wouldn't even go as far as to say that ASUCD is the heart of the UC Davis experience. Every time you step onto campus, you're probably interacting with at least one of the things we do. So,
0: Okay. And just a quick farewell question here, because we're just about out of time. When you leave Davis and you describe Davis to people, how will you describe it?
1: That's, that's pretty difficult. I'm, I'm graduating this year in June, and I think I might have a better answer then. But I think I'd like to say that it's a warm community that cares very much about doing the right thing. And it's a great place to be if you want to connect with other folks who want to make an impact in ways that are small, but also very big.
0: I think a lot of folks in Davis will be happy to hear you have that that answer and that opinion. We've been talking with Radhika Gowdy. She is the student body president at UC Davis. And uh, say, Radhika, thank you for appearing on Davisville today.
1: Of course. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I'm Bill Buchanan, Davisville, KDRT, LP, 95.7 FM in Davis, California. Thank you for listening.